0: From my kitchen table somewhere in the Delaware Valley, one day after Donald Trump supporters attempted a coup by storming the U.S. Capitol in protest of Congress in session to certify Joe Biden's election, this is The Pod Couple. I'm Phil John Ficaro, columnist for The Intelligencer
1: And I'm J.D. Mullane, columnist for the Bucks County Courier Times.
0: Well, the Trump-inspired protests and break-in at the Capitol was consistent with a president who incited the supporters to display their undying allegiance to him. They stormed the Capitol, confronted police, forced a suspension of the proceedings, caused lawmakers to find refuge in a secure area. They waged an all-out assault on our constitutional process. One woman was dead from a gunshot. Three other people died from medical emergencies. There was a scribble on the door of one of the Capitol Doors murdered the media, uh, Trump supporters. Uh, And for hours, the the president said nothing, did nothing to end the insurgents. Why? I think because he was enjoying the scene. They were were pledging allegiance to him. He was in control. His his narcissism was fed. When he finally came out, he told them to go home, but he also told them he loved them. J.D., I know you've been a Trump supporter. This guy is mentally unstable. He's been unhitched for a while. Now we saw what happened the other day at the nation's capital. What do you think?
1: Well, what happened at, uh, at the U.S. Capitol was a disgrace to the nation, an embarrassment, an international embarrassment. Now, the First Amendment says that we have a right to peaceably assemble. Uh, anyone who says that uh, what happened on January 6, 2021, was justified as off their nut. And anyone who feels good about it or is pleased that we've moved somewhere closer to some sort of civil war uh, should really do a deep self-examination of their conscience as an American. And uh, the president should man up and take responsibility. Look, he uh, he implied the election could be overturned by this kind of ministerial procedure that was going on in the Senate, counting the electoral votes. And that was a lie. He stoked these people and we
0: saw the results. Does this change your opinion of him? I know you've been a big supporter.
1: Well, I would take issue as a big supporter. Uh, my body of work on Trump has always been skeptical. Uh, the people I've supported are the people who uh, were his constituents who are working class people, uh, middle class people. Uh, the middle class has been hollowed out over the last 50 or 60 years by the political class and the wealthy in this country. And uh, he was the only national leader to tell them, you know, I hear you. I hear your, your grievances. Your jobs have been sent overseas. Your small towns and flyover country have been decimated. U.S. Steel is gone. Uh, college, uh, everybody's got to go to college and, and, and get deeply into debt. He was the only one who who heard uh, the pleas of the middle class, the political class, Democrat and Republican certainly didn't. So that's who I supported, you know, and I stand by, you know, the columns I wrote. You know, I went over them uh, over the last few hours, and uh, it's pretty consistent. You know, uh I know you have not been a supporter of the president, and uh, I guess this just, uh, you know, confirms for you that Donald Trump was always, uh, what, a nut, a narcissist, uh, a danger to the country?
0: Of course, and I think I've been proven right, and so other people have been proven right, the same kind of point of view that I have. Yeah. We've seen this coming for quite a while now, the way he had stoked division, the us versus them. If you're, not with, if you're not with him, you're the enemy. You just don't have a differing point of view. This mm. was coming. We saw this coming. And he had all these enablers who did nothing to sort of slow him down. And mm. now, after what happened yesterday in Washington, the rats are jumping off the sinking ship. Cabinet members are threatening to leave. Cabinet members are leaving a little while ago. I saw that Mitch McConnell's wife, the transportation secretary, Elaine Cho, resigned. they're all They're all leaving. They're talking about invoking the twenty fifth amendment, and you and I both know that's never going to happen because all those people who have uh, presidential aspirations in the Republican Party are not going are not going to uh, alienate the base. Of which Donald Trump still has 76 million people voted for him, so that's not going to happen. But um, you know, you know, you and I talked earlier today in a in a meeting, and you, you were saying quite quite accurately, the divide is so wide. Um, we have a president who tried to uh, paint the election as having been fixed. His followers believe it. So now we have a new president coming in two weeks. How can that divide be bridged when the, when the president's followers don't believe he's a legitimate president?
1: Well, look, um, the two parties are cleaved. Democrats are cleaved between the squad and the Bidens. Uh, Republicans are cleaved between Trump and the never Trumpers, the establishment Bush. You know, uh, people, um, and so is the country. The country is torn. And look, I think that instead of like pointing the finger at uh, at Donald Trump and his uh, his uh, supporters, uh, I think maybe we, as columnists, as journalists, ought to look at ourselves and to see what part we played in this. You know, we as columnists in our modest platform here in Bucks County and Burlington County, we have a choice. We see. You know the country divided. And we can use our columns to you know toss toss salt into those wounds, into that uh, divide, engage in uh, pithy, generalized stereotypes of people left and right, Donald Trump, Joe Biden and and their constituencies, and even widen that divide. Or we can work uh, to point out the common ground. And marginalize the kooks we saw yesterday who've rioted and looted and burned, and the kooks that we've seen rioting and looting and burning uh, cities in almost every state in the Union since last spring. You know, the right left thing in media, as entertaining as it is, as clickbaity as it is, as ratings generating as it is, uh, has really damaged this country. You know, it's really piled on, you know, uh, and it has damaged us, it has damaged our trade, journalism. You know, in 1976, Phil, 72% of Americans trusted us to give them the facts, to be straight with them. You know, today, that's down to around 35%. And, you know, it didn't drop below 50% until fairly recently, 2006, 2005 or 2006, according to Gallup. So we have shot ourselves in the foot. We have taken sides. Now, we as columnists can do that, but we know what the stakes are. You know, are we going to, um, uh, uh, you know, take the blame or, or, or are we going to say that we are as uh, share as some of the blame as those insurrectionists who breached the Capitol yesterday? Um, are we going to stop what we do, dividing the country? Or are we going to continue to stoke it? and yell, you know, hooray for our side, you know, like the Buffalo (laughs) Springfield song from the 60s. Look, look, Phil, look, this is serious. This is a serious question. We are at a serious turning point in the country. Neither side can win this. If you think that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris uh, sworn in on January 20th and everything's just going to be fine again, you're wrong. Because well, you're not
0: right. a, yeah, 7, not, and
1: Americans not, voted for Donald Trump, and right? They were going away,
0: right? And, and they so and
1: we and they saw. Go ahead. Finish. This is this is fratricide. We we left and right are inextricably bound together as Americans. And when people ask, you know, generations from now, uh, you know, did the media, did the columnists, did the pundits uh, try to help or hurt? or or did they make things worse, the verdict will be either guilty or not guilty. And uh, of giving in to the hatred of the other side, you know, of being kind of a a foot soldier for our particular group, because that's what we're seeing now, really. We're seeing unbridled hate unleashed in this country. And I think we are in a unique position to, to point out uh, the common bonds we have and remind people of how great this country is, that people can self-govern, you know, people can govern themselves in peace and overcome their differences and
0: marginalize uh, the nutcases on the fringes. J.D., when you have a president who has described the media as fake news, enemy of the people, mm. and his, his followers believe that to the letter, I don't know that we could do anything as me as a media outlet, and I mean all of us, to, to bridge the gap because they don't believe a word we say, even though sometimes what we say is irrefutable. They just won't believe it because they don't want to. So how do we bridge the gap as journalists when you have 76 million people listening to Donald Trump say, Don't believe them. They're fake news.
1: Well, you know, it it may start with rescinding an obscure section of the uh, uh, Communications Decency Act called uh, Section 230, which gives immunity to big tech, big media, big tech media where they are not held liable for what is posted on their websites. If they did that, they would have to, like, we can't just write anything, Phil. We have editors. We have responsibilities. You know, there's right. liable law in this country, you know. Uh, no. so, but they are, they are immune for that. So I think we need to rescind that. They instantly become more responsible because it, it affects their bottom line. That's the first thing that we in the media can lobby for. Why do why do Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, why does Zuckerberg and Bezos and all those guys, I'm sorry, not Bezos, why does Zuckerberg and, and Jack Dorsey at Twitter get a pass on that? Um, but Gannett doesn't, you know, the company we work for. It's not fair. And we can start right there. That has to be rescinded. They have to act responsibly because social media is a story in the New York Times t- today. How what happened yesterday in Washington, DC was was put together on social media. It has to stop all, all of the, you know, no matter who it is. You know, they have to be subject to the same libel laws uh, uh, that we are. And that's where yeah. we can start. And the other thing we can do is we can lay off, you know, the left, right thing. You know, we can we can lay off that. We can take our foot off the gas pedal because, you know, Phil, when we were kids, nobody ever cared about what our politics were, who we voted for. That just never came up. Do you know kids today? I've read stories where you young people today, when they're going out on a date, they won't go out on a date with a Republican. If somebody's republican, they won't go out, Democrats, the first thing they want to know. Well it, almost it, I think it, And uh, so we've got to we've got to detoxify,
0: you know, the culture. I think it, I think it would depend on how pretty the girl is or how handsome the guy is. I think right. you could overlook if he's got a redder or she's got a, a, a blue dress on. But, um, you know, I wanted to I wanted to get back to the to what happened yesterday. One of the yeah. darkest days in this country's history. Why do you think after its start? I mean, again, we're all for peaceful protests, right? You can protest and scream your brains out. But when you storm the Capitol like that and it was broadcast on international television, why did Donald Trump not immediately? Stop it! Why did he wait so long to go on Twitter? And then even when he went on Twitter to tell them to stop, he had to include, well, you know, we know the fix was in. We know why you're angry because we all know that the election was rigged. Why, why go there when you have such an angry mob storming the U.S. Capitol? Why did he, why did he wait so long and why didn't he just get to the point? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, you know <laughs> well, what? I
1: answer, but, but yeah. you know, he probably, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what, what he was Well, thinking. we know that he watches TV 24 seven. So he
0: was, seven, Look, so we, he was we, obviously aware of what was going on.
1: Yeah. We will find out in, uh, in, in the fullness of time, you know, they'll be in and, and where was oh. he, what was he doing? And what was he thinking? But you know there's another half of this and I don't understand it. And it was, where was the security around the Capitol building? This is not a secret that they knew that at least a quarter million people were showing up. The, the The Capitol police, the metropolitan police in DC are probably the most experienced with these immense crowds and, and, and how to control them and how to get things under control when things go out of control. I don't understand why, you know, there's a, a, a post by a French journalist to Twitter this morning that I saw, and I don't know if he took it or what, but it, he's right at the front of the line as they're approaching the capital and the fences around it. And there's like four cops, four. There's a quarter million people headed their way, and there's four police officers and a flimsy, you know, fence that can be pushed over, and it was. And those cops, you know, were pushed away. So, you know that there, there? There, it's it's. It, you know, did, did did Trump expect that there would be some sort of, uh, you know, police presence? I guess. I mean,
0: I. Well, don't, you know, if if there was any doubt by security there at the Capitol that there was or there wasn't going to be a mob scene like there was, all they had to do was listen to Donald Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. Who told the crowd beforehand we're gonna have trial by combat? How else can that be interpreted other than exactly what he meant? Well, it's again and, and yeah. that that in itself should have tipped off security and said, look, we need reinforcements. Yeah, I mean, you know,
1: today the Congress gave the the, the police who failed to protect the Capitol a standing ovation you know how it goes in government. It's topsy-turvy. You know, the space shuttle explodes, NASA gets, you know, 20 billion more dollars, you know, to the same people who screwed up in the first place. So that's government. I don't know. In In due time, we'll find out, you know, yeah. so, and why, why uh, Donald Trump, why President Trump did not uh, call in uh, the National Guard, you know, and I've read so much. I do think that there was a request by um, either the police Chief of washington, d c or the Mayor to call on a National guard. Uh,
0: it was the mayor.
1: and And that was granted, but I'm not sure where they were. I don't know if yeah. they were told to stand down. so there's there's multiple failures here uh, and uh, that we have come to expect from our political class. Listen, our political class has failed us for 50 or 60 years. We in the we in the middle class know that. We know that. Okay. The only reason we have Donald J. Trump as president is because of that. Joe Biden's not going to fix anything. Joe Biden is not. I'm not so sure of that.
0: Him.
1: No. One more,
0: one more question. He's been around
1: for 50 years, he hasn't fixed anything. His claim to fame was the the Clinton crime bill, which he wrote. You know, and, and we know where that went. So we know what that did to a lot of, of, of young uh, black and Hispanic men, particularly in California under, under Kamala Harris when she was AG.
0: Last point. Um, Trump doesn't entirely go away in 12, 13, 14 days or whatever it is now. Um, but his megaphone gets muffled. I mean, the media is not going to follow him the way they follow him now. Can Trumpism exist without him in the White House to 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 any great degree?
1: Sure. I mean, it's it was Trumpism was there before Donald Trump, because I'll tell you what Trumpism is. It's the grievance of the working class and the middle class guy who's being squeezed, you know, who 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 has one hundred thousand dollars in college debt. You know, that's become a political issue. Uh, Whose, you know, union job at U.S. Steel is no more because it's in China, it's in India, it's in Mexico. Whose whose car making job at Ford or GM has gone to Mexico? You know, so the the grievances were there, uh, and nobody in the political class was listening to those guys. You know, and so Trump said, "I'm listening to you," and he got elected president. It's as simple as that, Phil. The, the that the country is divided, the country is not divided along race. The country, and I can prove that to you, we can go to any place where people of various races, all races, it creeds, the colors join together, okay? And you're not going to see anybody, anybody, but anyone being polite to each other. They're not in each other's throats. But we are divided along class. And I saw it on CNN, and it was blatant. When Anderson Cooper said yesterday that all of those protesters can now return to uh, eat at Olive Garden and their rooms at the Holiday Inn. And he said it uh, from, from the, from, from the uh, blue blood, you know, uh, pedestal that he occupies. You know, he's a Vanderbilt. Sure. So the country is divided along economic and class lines, okay? That's why Trump did so well or did better uh, than any president with Black and Hispanics in the last election. It wasn't about race, and they know that. It's about, it's about economics. And you can look at, go back to 30 years to Barlett and Steele's brilliant, uh, you know, series in the Philadelphia Inquirer, America, What Went Wrong? It's as fresh today as it was written 30 years ago because they predicted everything that would come to pass. It had nothing to do with race, it had everything to do with bad trade deals, everything to do with with uh, lobbying on Capitol Hill to send those jobs overseas. So bring it around full circle, Phil. Yeah, Trump will be gone. I mean, he'll be out there, he's off Twitter. I think they, they just banned him from Facebook and Twitter a couple of hours ago, maybe right. permanently, okay? Yeah. And that's another worry, Phil. If, think about it, if big tech, can silence a president of the United States what what can they do to you and me well
0: they can silence someone who just continues to spew falsehoods right and lies which is what, what he's done okay but they get and, to decide that anyway we don't know whether the Joe Biden administration is going to be you know FDR reincarnate no one knows we're going to see he's got he's got he's got the holy trinity right he's got he's got the white house he's got the senate He's got the House of Representatives. But I don't think this country could have taken four more years of what Donald Trump had had stoked here. I just I just don't think we could have handled it again.
1: Phil, the last time the Democrats controlled the House, the Senate, and the Presidency, we got the Tea Party, and the Tea Party got us Donald Trump. What do you think it's gonna do
0: this time? We'll see. Anyway, that's all the time we have for today's podcast. You can watch our podcast on Google, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you access your favorite podcasts. And you can read our columns and all of our informative and entertaining content at theintel.com, that's Intel with two L's, couriertimes.com, and burlingtoncountytimes.com in New Jersey. I'm Phil John Ficaro. I'm JD Mullane. Thanks for watching and thanks for reading.